Welcome back to Heavy Metal Over a Six Pack. Talking music, drinking brews, and creating nonsense. What's going on, everybody? Thanks again for joining us on whatever platform that you were able to uh, go ahead and find us on. We appreciate you uh, you uh, chiming in and uh, and listening in. I don't have many pleasantries today, so I might as well just get right into it. What do you think, Anthony? Let's do it. Let's do it. Heavy Let's do it. Uh, headlines? Do some headlines. Heavy metal headlines. I didn't bring a lot today. I actually only have one, and um, so this was the uh, this is the one that I actually was like quizzing uh, Sir Anthony on. It's um it's actually a, a revol- revolver magazine newsletter that um I, I actually got quite a while ago, and I've just been kind of uh you know sitting on hanging out. But it's the um, it's a uh, it's the uh, famous uh, Revolver magazine fan votes, which I know we're all uh, so <laughs> so fond of. Mm-hmm. Um, light a host today. You're just going to hear Marcus and Anthony today. I like how you put yourself in the third third person. Yeah, you know, whatever. Is what it is. Jay's not with us, so like I said, light today. He usually loves these fan these fan. Votes, so he'll we'll, have to give you feedback on mm-hmm. online or something like that. But um, it is the five. How'd they word it? Five greatest Iron Maiden songs. I'm assuming they're talking about of all time. So again, I was trying to quiz Anthony as to uh, name five of these, and I think he out of uh, I don't know half eight. a dozen <laughs> out of eight out of eight Six, guesses. Eight he, uh, he did get two. I did. So congratulations. And they were like on the bottom of my list. Mind you. <laughs> Why is this not freaking working? What the hell is going on here? Hold on. Anyway, I'll figure this out later. All right, so fan poll: the five, the five greatest Iron Maiden songs. I'm a, I myself, great, a very, a very large Iron Maiden fan. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. And uh, rightfully so, I believe they were our greatest heavy metal band. I believe they were, yes. In the in, a, in, the, yep. in the poll, so I mean, we we think we have high regard for mm-hmm. the for the uh, the Iron Maiden. According to the fans and the readers of the Revolver magazine, number five on this list is Fear of the Dark. Okay. Good tune. Great tune. One of my faves. I think I did that on the one of the Halloween episodes. Mm-hmm. The Halloween episode, I should say. Yeah. So that was a that's uh, that's number five. Number four, I'm sorry, I just figured out what I was doing wrong here, so I'm going to just put this over here really quick. Still not fucking working. you got to be kidding me. Technology. Yeah. Yeah, technology, all right. If I drag it. Oh, wait, no, I can't. This is really exhilarating radio. Sorry, guys. Let me try it. Nope. Nope. All right. I'm giving up. Number four. <clears throat> 
Rhyme of the Ancient Mariner. Not a bad tune. Ish, mm-hmm. I guess. Mm-hmm. I can't play the video for us because it's no longer available for some reason. Well, that's that's fine. Uh, Rhyme of the Ancient Mariner clocking in at nearly 14 minutes in its full form. A long song. Released in 1984. It's no small entry in the main catalog. <laughs> Uh, yeah. Number three, the trooper. I think that's a that's pretty universal. I mean, yeah, that's. Comments say you literally can't go wrong with putting the trooper on for any occasion. Intro riff is equal parts pure shred and pure fun. Instantly recognizable to metalheads of any stripe. Mm-hmm. This is true. Very Number two. True. And I had to think about this one. Wasted years. Great song. Oh, dirt. Alright, I feel dumb now. So that was voted number two. And number one is the infamous ripoff. Hollowed be thy name. <laughs> you know, I'm even surprised Ace's High isn't even on there. That wasn't one of my guesses either, but. Well, let's see. So if he actually. So 86. Um. Yeah, because actually, Rhyme of the Ancient Mariner was on the same album, so they just did as, album. as as Ace is High. So, well, yeah, I was, just, I, I was, I mean, that, was kind of taking a look I at the. Uh, don't even know, honestly. Rise of the Ancient Mariner. Oh wow! Hmm. I didn't realize Fear of the Dark wasn't released until 1992. Wow. Still a great song. Yeah, fantastic song. So it's a it's a decent roundup. I don't I don't feel like the Revolver fans uh, did did a poor job with this one. I would consider it a unique job. I mean, it could just be the, the like, true Maiden fans that made it. You know what I mean? Like, the ones that know their catalog and went just like, oh, I'll just pick the, the top five in the Spotify playlist. Makes me wonder why Hollowed Be Thy Name always gets... I mean, it's not a bad song, but... You know what I want to know? And, and I've always brought this up when we talk about radio and, you know, AF and XL... Uh, not XL, Jesus. Uh, Rock 101. But you notice that they never play Maiden, ever. They'll play Metallica, the Black Sabbath, Led Zeppelin. You know, I wonder. Sometimes Pantera, but I never ever hear Iron Maiden. Yeah, and you would think. I mean, mm-hmm. being like the. Um, I, I, why. I mean, I don't know the inner workings of radio. We're, we're, it's just we're, do- weird to me. we're doing indie radio here, so like, what the hell do we know? But <laughs> we don't have a boss that we're answering to yet. Not yet. But I always wonder if it was like some kind of like licensing agreement kind of a thing or if it was. um, It's just something I've always kind of noticed. And I know length of song is always going to be a huge thing. Like the radio isn't going to very, very often play anything that's over four and a half, five minutes. Even the even Metallica songs like they they have radio, radio edits, (laughs) like things just get like shut, uh, like cut down and whatnot so that it can be on the radio. And, you know. Right. I'd be willing to bet that like made the types like Maiden were like ah no either play the song or don't play the song right but short and sweet that's my top five fan poll from the fantastic Revolver magazine very nice very nice I have one from the Louder magazine um we know ACDs has been kind of like not ACDC. I think this is like our second or third episode. I think we talked about this. They're but, dwindling. Uh, according to the band Terrorizer, 
they ended up bumping into vocalist Brian Johnson, which supposedly he couldn't hear anything. I guess that was uh, the whole situation why he wasn't there. But uh, according to him, let's say they um, <clears throat> quoted from Terrorizer, uh, we ran into Brian Johnson from ACDC at the airport today after the flight home, and we asked him about the rumors of him being in the new ACDC album. He said yes, and that he is sick of denying it. So, Why was he denying it? <laughs> Why would he have been denying I, it? I'm not sure. Um, I mean, Say, his, his issue for not being there was like health-related, wasn't it? Well, no, it? It, because he was under threat of permanent deafness. Yeah, that's not important. No, not no. at all. Not important at all. And you know they had Axel. Although you only, you only get you only have one one set of hearers. But evidently, uh, Johnson has since worked with audio experts, Asius, Asus, Asius, um, on a solution to his hearing problems. With Bino talking to the stage following his departure from ACDC with Muse, Paul Rogers, and uh, Mick Fleetwood. So maybe you figured out a kind of like a, a shortcut around it, or. Uh, Something, but we might get our, our Brian Johnson back. You know, with today's technological advances, I'm sure they could find so a way to make him uh, a hologram. Christ, <laughs> he can watch his own show. Yeah, he's doing the show from like a remote location, yeah. with like very low volume in Cancun. That wouldn't be so bad. No. I only had the one today. Want to go right into your segment? I'm sorry. No, no, no. Don't mean to put you on the spot like that. Um, this is actually, I found out yesterday, um, our legend, Mr. Ozzy Osbourne, he ended up having to cancel the, uh, European leg of his tour. It says postponed, but tour, I would say, it says four. postponed, but I, I would say it's probably in Well, the, this is cancel in big capital letters. When anything's capitalized like that, it oh, so means they're yelling at you. Right, so so they want to get that across. That must be, uh, updated. Uh, let's see, this is from, uh, 29th, so two, two days ago. Um, so he fell ill with the flu and bronchitis, which doctors fear may develop in the uh, pneumonia. Let's see, he would miss the first four uh, dates, uh, just days after falling ill. So, uh, returning to his doctor for a second time, he was told he had a severe upper respiratory infection. Now, this this bastard's seventy. Yeah, seventy. So, something uh, that's kind of scary at that point, because you, you're not sure. At that age, anything with your lungs, pneumonia in general, I mean, that can, that can kill you, you know what I mean? So it's kind of, yeah, fingers crossed I mean. kind of deal, you know? Yeah, like he's like bedridden and masked. And exactly. It's, it's too bad. I mean, all the, the almighty man, you wouldn't think that guy could die from anything for right. sakes, the way the way he the way he rolls. But oh, sweet Jesus. But there we go. Yeah, so, I mean, to keep an eye out for him. I could throw in one other news story. It's very important. I mean, thoughts and prayers to uh, to Ozzy and the Ozman cover. You know, not not even that like he necessarily needs to get back on the road and like whatnot because I can't believe that he did that. But it's like, dude, just be comfortable. Just relax, man. <laughs> hang, hang, hang out your pad. I'm sure, it's huge. Yell at Sharon all you want. Probably hide from Sharon. <laughs> Too. Uh. Beating him in the pool noodle. Probably why. It's probably her fault. So, 
have another um, another uh, revolver magazine story. I love I love these newsletters sometimes, but this is a this is a very very important very important article that I'm going to uh, discuss with you guys today. Uh, here it's the um, tour laundry specialist. Slipknot stage clothes, filthiest he's ever cleaned. I mean, <laughs> yeah, I guess. Uh, the man's name is Hans Jurgen Topf. He's Probably the world's leading too. expert when it comes to handling the tour laundry of famous musicians around the globe. Topf. T O P F. Topf. Let's just put, let's put a weird consonant at the end of our goddamn name. Who cut? It, it's it, dude, it's how the countries do this stuff, man. Don't we? We love I think you. they just have like dice with letters and they just throw them all. <laughs> and then they just put them together. Like, yeah, there's your name. Congratulations. If anybody's listening from Russia or Germany, we we still love you. We promise. We're just we're just poking fun. We're just assholes. Uh, top who um <laughs> After you say that, Ariel. <laughs> I'm gonna I'm gonna call him Top for for, for I'm like sure a, it's something very for, elegant and we for, just uh, suck with our American accents here. Uh Toff, who calls himself Dertoff. Started a company called Rock and Roll Laundry after devising a system to handle the immense need for wardrobe cleaning as bands make their way from city to city. Can you imagine like Gwar's fucking absurd? Yeah, that apparently would be? Mr. Mr. Toff has not worked with Guar. Uh, Although he's a smart man. To 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 Guar's credit, they don't really wear much. I mean, they have their costumes. Some of them. I mean, they, they some I of them they are fire like, into the crowd as opposed to at the right, right, right. And you know, like you know, they they got like specialized thongs and weird shit. <laughs> yeah. Um, anyway. Though the paper caught up with him backstage at a U2 gig, Toff has also worked with much heavier bands and claims Slipknot had the filthiest stage wear he's seen in his lengthy career. You know why? Because you have eight or nine as opposed to four. The, uh, so you're doubling your load there. The Times reports, and on top of that, the Times reports that the Iowa Rockers' iconic coveralls were sprayed with beer, cream, and fake blood and left in garbage bags for three days. Those stains were added onto what the cleaner calls the most common, which are sweat, no surprise there, and aluminum dust from the wheels of equipment cases when they're carted on stage. I figured it'd be from swinging up a keg. Performers who spend a lot of time on their knees or crawling during the show can benefit from the crew putting down mats during load-in, which prevents the dust from setting on the stage floor. I didn't know there was so much... This <laughs> is etiquette. <laughs> so much <laughs> involved in this. This dude's doing your freaking laundry for Christ's sake. The article that uh, one detail that the whole time too. Uh, one detail pissed. that might surprise fans is how well behaved their favorite rock stars are these days. While Top used to find drugs in the stars' pockets quite often, he tells the paper these days I'm more likely to find an herbal tea bag. Different times, man. Different times. Oh, <laughs> <laughs> oh my word! This is why music goes downhill because it's stuck to and drugs. Oh. <laughs> you think I'm joking? <laughs> Oh boy! Yeah, this is this is what happens. Like, I, this stuff gets saved to my archive. It's so weird. <laughs> it's the random shit you find. And I just hang on to it until it's <laughs> that time, and boom. Shakalaka. You know, fun, fun side fact. I was actually um, I started it. Uh, I started watching these. Um, just a fun side story. I don't. I don't have many uh, sources for this. Uh, Netflix is one. I haven't seen the Netflix one yet, but uh, Hulu. Also, it's. Um, have you heard of the Firefest, Anthony? So it, it was. Um, it was supposed to be in April of 2018, and uh, it started in uh, 2017. It's pretty much a documentary. Uh, what did they call the documentary? Did they call it Fire Fraud? I forget. I forget what it's called, but it's Fire F Y R E. Okay. 
and that's the fest that it was actually supposed to um this this clown show this um uh Billy Mc Billy McFarlane was the guy. He's like a he's like a 20 20 nothing year old. Okay. He developed this app that was supposed to uh link you to um to stars, recording artists, movie stars to make appearances. Okay. So they would be on one side of the app. It was kind of like a Tinder for like hiring okay. for hiring famous people. Gotcha. To promote the app, he wanted to do he wanted to do like a copy of Coachella. Okay. Like he wanted to do a, a okay. huge festival, and like the whole the whole premise was like he uh, they built this whole world. This actually goes back to remember remember when we talked about that kid who started the band and like created a tour. Yes. But never had fans, never right. had sales. Like the whole, the whole, the whole yep, nine yep, yards. Yep. This is kind of on the same lines. Okay. So they created this whole social media campaign. They hired all these. He had investors like buying into this. It's actually a. What's funny about the uh, the documentary is, it's equal parts showing how freaking ridiculous this was, and then equal parts making fun of millennials. Right now in their thought process, because everything he was doing, he's like, "Well, I need to sell this many tickets so that I can actually pay for this, and I need to do this so I can pay for this, and I need to do this." But so they created the campaign prior to setting any of it up. That makes sense. Um, they tried renting out this island in the Bahamas, had all these beautiful like shoot, beach shoot pictures, and ended up being like a broken down parking lot. People were paying like. Tens of thousands of dollars for these villa suites and yep. like all this stuff that was supposed to be like ocean oceanside. It was supposed to be like an all-inclusive thing. Right. Like all these bands. That's what Blink One Eight Two was going to be one of them that was going to be performing. A um, bunch of rap artists, a bunch of pop artists. Like there was like a huge, like a huge thing. And then like this thing went viral. And I guess like people are paying like twenty, thirty grand. So day of, like they're all flying out to the Bahamas. Like all these people thinking they're going to like this right, greatest, right. the greatest party in the world. There's like, uh, there's like those FEMA tents set up, and like there's like a mattress. There's barely any bathroom Classy. facilities. Like all the bands like backed out. They're like, there's something like wicked wrong with this. Like <laughs> we're not getting, we haven't got paid like the way we were supposed, like agreed upon. Like so, all these people flew out to the Bahamas and pretty much got stranded there. So they weren't even there. Like there was no festival. Like it was all. It, it was. A, it ended up being a fraud. Oh. Okay. But it's a. It's a cool documentary. Like, like I said, I just went. I just got through the one on Hulu. Like I'll. I'll I want to check out the one on um, Netflix too, which I believe is by another set of people hmm. that are that were involved. But it's just such a clown because like this Billy McFarland dude. Like they're they're interviewing him throughout the whole thing, and like he's just like he just looks like a space cadet. Yeah. It's like you you didn't think there was gonna be a problem. There wasn't like like sanitary bathroom facilities, and like he they just show him like now obviously it's like a video, it's a, it's a video that's been edited, so they're probably making it work look I'm like twenty sure. times worse than what yeah, it was. Well, obviously. But he's just like staring off in the space and it's like, uh, <laughs> it's kind of Hello. funny. It's kind of funny, but yeah, the 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 fake fire fest. What we live in, man. Just, it just means people are like so gullible, man. Can't, be. Can't believe everything that you read on the internet, nope. guys. Nope. Or on the Instagram or the Twitter. If something, if something sounds like it's too good to be true, it probably you is. You know, it's, it's funny. So, 
And I'm going to side note this stuff you find on the internet. Not, this is a, a personal story. But, you know, Facebook, I'm sure you've seen it. You'd be like, oh, I just won blah, 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 blah. The first 500 people to like or share. Oh, God. Get, yes. Right. So the guy won, I think it was mm, 10 million, 10 million dollars, right? So he posted the thing. Oh, I just won this, blah, blah, blah. The first 500 people get um, 50 grand. I did the math. And I'm going to do it right now to double check myself. 2.5 million? Yeah. No, is that right? Yeah, because you're adding two zeros. 10 million. Something like that. Something million. I, I pulled up the article, so I have, I have the actual number. So, the guy won $10 million. Told the Facebook post said, I will give 100000 to the first 500 people who share this. Now you do the math. That's fifty million. Yes. He has ten million. Yes. Sounds legit. That. That's like when those like kings ask for money in like Arabia. Have you seen that that whole schlant? It kind of goes back to what I was talking about. This is what this dude is doing. It's like I'll give away this to pay for this, right. but then I have to borrow that money from somebody else. So like it's just like an ending stream of shit. Pretty much. So funny. Pretty much. It was actually like just not the not the backtrack, but the the the, uh, the guys that actually did the documentary, like one of their final their final like notes, like you know the last word, I guess, with, of the documentary was like this was like a typical millennium run event. Like they don't have a plan yet; they just assume that they'll be able to figure it out. Like renting an island and inviting twenty thousand people to for the greatest concert festival in the world can be figured out in about three months. Good luck. Yeah, we'll work it out. Like, yeah, it can happen. figure it out. Good times, Ed Bile. Yeah. Heavy opinions. I'm dead. Oh, man, I drank way too much. So for, t- uh, for, today's, uh, for today's episode, I, um, I actually wanted to bring up a, a discussion topic. What I... Um, one of the things that I that I was thinking about when um, when I came up with the idea with this episode is, and um, Anthony will uh, will go into a little bit of detail on some of the past number is like every decade of music kind of has like an identity to it, especially I mean even if even just like specific not just all of music but even like the rock the rock I didn't it has like kind of like an identity. Um, so we're gonna kind of go through these identities because one of the things that I don't think has happened yet, I mean, and it's 2019, so it's been 19 years. There's been almost two decades since uh, the turn, the turn of the yeah, turn of the so century. 2000, 2000, and I and personally have not actually heard the identity of the the 2000s or the or the the 2010s, 2010s. I, I like. As you heard, I just fumbled over that. I don't even know. What, I don't even know what the f to call it. The teens. They just do like the 21st century, essentially. Right. So we've we've, we've actually lumped like both of these decades together. Like they're all the same, but it was like it was 19 years ago. Right. Guys, take your age minus 19. How old were you exactly? Not old enough. I was little. I was not born. Uh, <laughs> 19 years ago. So, Anthony, stop it. Look, I did my math already. Okay, I'm, I'm out of math. Thank you. 
You were born in 2000. Come on, I'm not that old. <laughs> I was born in 2000. I don't think I had a driver's license, at least. Yeah, no driver's license in 2000. I don't think. Hold on. Head's going to explode. But, uh, yeah, Anthony, why don't you take us through the decades, man, and then we'll talk about, like, these newbies. So I, uh, I grabbed a little um, a list from the wonderful world of Wiki. Um, so this starts at 1940. So the 1940s. Uh, you comprised of your swing, your jazz, your big band. Um, so swing typically involves a lot of brass instruments, obviously. And they usually have large assembles of 12 to 25 people. Uh, big band is also considered a form of jazz. And I mean, you got people like Glenn Miller, Dorsey Brothers, um, King Cole, Frank Sinatra, Barry Como, Dean Martin, any of the other big band guys. That was the start. Now, I'm going to point this out now, and you'll notice that as we continue up the um, tree of, of life here, you'll notice that you have less and less people needed for said bands, which I, I find interesting. Anyway, <laughs> no, I'm serious though. Like you start with like this huge big band. That was the only kind of band stuff in the '40s. You know, '30s, '40s. It's all your big band stuff. Yeah, no electric guitars back then. No. Uh, moving on to the, the uh, 1950s, <clears throat> rock and roll was the first term that was ever used by Alan Freed, a disc jockey from Cleveland, Ohio, to describe the new form of music that was taking shape. Devil. Um, devil. Yes, devil music. Influenced by blues, gospel, and country music. Uh, the artists were often showmen. The music usually included guitar solos. So you have Chuck Berry, Little Richard, Jerry Lee Lewis, Fats Domino. Uh, Elvis Presley was, was later in the... He was obviously the big one, but he came out of the same genre. Um, era, I should say. Uh, Doo-wop was also in that same era as well. Um which was less of the rock and more of the pop, I guess, for, for the most part, if you want to, if that's the word to use. Um, and then jazz, again, is still going strong for the most part. You got Mike Davis, John Coltrane, Thelonious Monk, Dave Brubeck, Ella Fitzgerald, and, of course, Billie Holiday. Um, I mean, there's plenty of subgenres. You have your bebop, you have your scat, you have your cool jazz. I mean... Every genre has subgenres, and we know that. But we won't get crazy with that. We will later, because I, mean, yeah. I had to when I started looking up the 2000s. <laughs> uh, moving into the 60s, uh, you know, the British invasion happened. So you got the Beatles, which, of course, was responsible for creating the breakthrough. Um, British groups, including Rolling Stones, The Animals, The Yardbirds, Manfred Mann, Herman's Hermits. Let's see. And then uh, we kind of got to start a little R&B and soul music. Gained some mainstream popularity in the same time. So we got, you know, the Jackson 5, Four Tops, Temptations, the Marvelettes, uh, Diana Ross and the Supremes. But uh, I think this was the real start of, like, the rock in my mind. I think we can honestly blame the British. Because they, they forced most of that. And a lot of drugs, too. Because, I mean, you got this is the same decade as you got, you know, The Doors, Grateful Dead. Huge. Uh, the Be uh, Beach Boys, which you have the surf rock, but that's like just, you know, California, essentially. Uh, moving on to the 70s. Psychedelia, man. Mm -hmm, very much. Um, so the music genre is, 
that were most popular during this time was your soft rock, which was the quote-unquote pop music, like Elton John, Chicago, Eagles, Paul McCartney and the Wings, Doobie Brothers, Fleetwood Mac. Just say Chicago. Chicago. That's awesome. Chicago. I don't know why that's so awesome, but that's awesome. <laughs> Bruce Springsteen, the boss. Um, and then, of course, the um, the uh, second half of the decade was the big disco. <laughs> Which, I mean... It's rock stars that's going retarded. Where, that's, yeah, that's kind of where the <laughs> instruments went away, and you have all... When the computers and the... The DJ aspect kind of kind of started. You get Casey and the Sunshine Band, Jay. We got ABBA, uh, the Village People, Donna Summer, the Bee Gees. Which I mean, you get your Saturday Night Fever. So that's kind of. I mean, even pop culture, it's referenced so much in the 70s. Um, but the most successful style was rock, uh, because you have Led Zeppelin. You got which, to be honest, I think was one of the, the grandfathers in rock. Like, they were one of the first to really kind of push the rock aspect. Um, you got The Who, Pink Floyd, ACDC, Aerosmith, Joan Jett, Alice Cooper, Blue Oyster Cult. And then, um, but we also lost a lot of musicians that year, or that decade. Jimi Hendrix, Janis Joplin, Jim Morrison, uh, three members of Leonard Skinner, Elvis himself, and Bing Crosby. So, kind of up and down there. The 80s which, uh, let's see. So there's two artists that we can blame for the 80s. You have... <laughs> blame? Uh-huh. Michael Jackson being one, uh, you know, huge influence with the pop in general. You know what I mean? Um, and then the uh, Madonna as well, being two in the the, uh, the pop department. Those are the two kind of big, big games there. Uh, undeniably in the rock world, obviously, you get the hair metal. Exactly. Because... Um, going on here uh metal and rock were influenced by i always do this to him <laughs> uh we have def leopard poison metallica guns and roses bon jovi megadeth <clears throat> so a bunch <clears throat> of dudes that are wearing makeup yeah. and, and um, weird I mean, clothing you got the start of it being kissing acdc i mean this is the genre of your hair bands and being horrible pedophiles and <laughs> yes. yes horrible pedophilia uh, this, what was the word sex sex oh uh, this, this, this is a type of I might get into it later. There's a subgenre called cock rock, which has to do with just over sexualizations of everything, hmm. which is most of the 80s. So, <laughs> <laughs> um, but I mean, the 80s were, from a rock point of view, from my point of view, I think the 80s is hair metal because that's what I listen to. I used to have a but, pretty good. I, I mean,. I wasn't old enough in the 80s to have this crush, but I used to have a crush on 80s Madonna. 80s Madonna? Not oh, so yeah, much. I could, I could, I could, not, not so much now Madonna. No, 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 not senior citizen Madonna, like 80s Madonna. But you, you would definitely, like, go to bingo night with her, right? No. No? No. No, she just got, like, some kind of, she just got, like, some ass implants or something, so now she looks like a freak of nature. She looks like the airbags went off inside of her. <laughs> <laughs> oh no! I, th- I think if that's, the, I don't know. If I I think that was her. I don't know if I'm confusing her with somebody else. They all look but the same they're all getting fucking weird, man. Like Goldie Hawn, like the the old actress. She's had so much goddamn plastic surgery. She just looks like. So alien. they need to be like Betty White. And just drink a lot of vodka. Oh, she's awesome. She's fantastic. Still kicking too. Um, 
But last for for the '80s, we got uh, hip hop has begin, become huge with uh, Run DMC, Beastie Boys, um, LL Cool J, which I didn't realize how old that he's been around. Um, DJ yeah. Jeff, uh, Jazzy Jeff, and uh, the Fresh Prince, technically. You see, the way, the way I can classify like the old the old rap is like when you see like photos and videos, like they have very colorful outfits. Yeah. No, the colors of the '80s was that weird orange, green, and purple. Yeah, that's, that's colorful. It's just though. like it's like everything was those colors. It's still colorful compared to black and white. <laughs> oh yeah, I guess that's what they did. They found color like shit. Get all the colors. Get them all. Throw them out. Um. In the seventies with that poop brown. Yes. Thank God that fat doesn't come back. Poop brown. Sorry if you're in the brown. Is anyone in the brown? Are you, is someone down with the brown? Is that what we're going in? <laughs> Does anybody really like brown, or do you just tolerate brown? <laughs> Are you just accepting it and just moving on with do your you life? You have brown just for a change of pace. <laughs> just saying. Today, I want to be a stump, and that's my color of choice. Uh, we'll move on to, um, obviously, the I think the most popular, it, in my mind, personally, uh, we got the 90s, because that's what I, I, I mean, I was alive for that time. But um, powerful, powerful influence was alternative rock. Um, which is subgenres such as indie rock and grunge. You know, you get the Red Hot Chili Peppers, Smashing Pumpkins, Stone Temple Pilots, um, I can't think of Nirvana. I mean, I'm thinking a huge one. Um, you get uh, Pearl Jam, which is more obviously in the, in the grunge department. Uh, Pop Punk kind of started a little bit with uh, Green Day, uh, Blink-182, Weezer. I don't want to talk about this, but I feel it's my duty to just continue reading. Country music was large in the 90s as well, with the Garth Brooks, Trisha Yearwood, Shania Twain, Lone Star. Well, what I can say for that, I'm not a huge country fan, but at Neither least there was a, there was still a soul in country it music was. back then. Like I kinda, mean, so... So, like, 70s, 80s, and 90s country music, where there was actually, like, legit. Yeah, well, it's funny because... Um, my grandmother was a huge country person and she used to always babysit me so that's what I would listen to so I mean I have a few like older ones like uh, Brooks and Dunn mm-hmm. uh, The Tractors um, like that age of um, John Michael Montgomery if you want to go that far yeah, which my mom. that I can I can handle and I, it's just nostalgia for me it's not necessarily I'm, my, my, my mom was huge into it so yeah. like Alabama George Strait I heard a lot yeah, of George Strait Garth Brooks Billy Ray Cyrus, Billy Ray Cyrus. the bad boy of country mm-hmm. music. Yeah, He's so bad. Heart. So bad. His mullet created, right in the front. Created a Miley. Thanks, Billy. Good job. She's become bigger than you've ever been. See what you've created? Hey, make one. You know, more. he can destroy that, right? Because he created it. I hope he knows that. <laughs> Is that how that works? According to, like, Frankenstein. <laughs> uh, <laughs> moving on to our pop music. Um. You can blame Europe for most of these ones, but you get All Saints, The Spice Girls, George Michael, Ace of Bass, Robert Palmer, Oasis. And then we get our wonderful Britney Spears and Christina Aguilera in the, in the 90s area. Well, I had, I had Christina Aguilera's poster on my wall. Who didn't? Just the album cover. That's all I needed. <laughs> to get to sleep at night. It was sold at Newberry Comics, man. If I could get it at Newberry Comics, it has to be cool. Um, so we can also, uh, 
considered the feminist wave in the 90s. So we have Sarah McCall McClellan. Oh, sorry, that was uh, that was strawberries back then. I apologize. I do remember strawberries. McGoughlin. No, it's definitely C H L A N. Yeah, whatever. Uh, Lisa Loeb, Joan Osborne, Meredith Brooks, Cheryl Crow, Alana Morissette. Uh, why is Dave Matthews? That is not a that is not a woman. Whatever. Natalie Merchant. Um, right, Carrie, Whitney Houston. I mean, those are all your contemporary adult musics. But it was a, a big age for the the women to get out there. Because uh, I I remember uh, looking at. So my opinion of the '90s were one-hit wonders for days. Because I watched on VH1, they had the top 100 songs of the 90s. 97 of them were one-hit wonders. <laughs> and I'm not even making that up. You got, like, Informer by Snow. You know what I mean? Like, Alana Morissette, I think she only had, like, two songs, and that was one of the ones on there. You got Ironic on there. She's only got, like, one song. Maybe that was, like, the blueprint. Blue for Bago like, was on there. You know what I mean? It's just all these one-shot things. The blueprint for uh, oversaturation was, like, starting... Yeah, or I don't know. It was like that. It was like that way because I, I remember. I mean, I can actually physically remember like a lot of this. It was like there was always like the search for like the next big thing. So like something was going to be popular for like a month, and then it was going to disappear off the face of the planet. And something fan, else is going to be po- popular for a month. Mm-hmm. So the '90s, I, I remember mostly, um, you know, Three Doors Down, Matchbox Twenty. Like that's when I feel the alternative was, was huge. Well, what was funny because uh, going back to that point, like. Um, I think the first OzFest I went to was 1999. Okay. See the 98 or 99, one of those two. I'd have to go through my shirts again. Um, <laughs> that's how I remember. Patreon video. Um, yeah, let's go through my pile of uh, concert shirts that I'm not. I'm not allowed to wear around my current girlfriend. Um, <laughs> no comment here. But 98, 99, it was. It was funny because like all the supporting acts would be these one-hit wonders. Now, thankfully, they're at a festival forum. You only have to listen to them for like 20, 25 minutes. But like, you have to listen to all their crap until they the get to like until they get to their last song, and it's like, yeah, I know that one. <laughs> that one. That song is great. Alien Ant Farm. I those two thousands, but we get the idea. <laughs> it's, uh, it's just it was un- it was unbelievable. It's like, oh, I love this band. Do you really? Do you really? Are you listening to this right now? Do you really love this, this is band? All terrible. <laughs> it kind of sucks, or it all sounds exactly the like the last one. It's very generic, if you must. Uh, lastly, I got uh, the 2000, 2009. Um, so hip hop and rap. Um, I mean, this is, I, I think this is the pop jump. I'll get into the, my, my thoughts on uh, pop music later. Um, but you got Eminem, the Black Eyed Peas, Jay-Z, Kanye West, Timbaland, Britney Spears again, getting a little more, but we have the, the boy bands was the big 2000. You got the Backstreet Boys. You got 98 Degrees, you got sync. and you're pushing into the Jonas Brothers. Came in waves, they used to make reality TV shows to put these stupid things together. Mm-hmm. And then a little bit later on, you know, you got your Lady Gaga, Kelly Clarkson. You, I mean, you get American Idol in general. So, a lot of your stuff comes from that. Is that gone now? Nope, still going. American Idol's still going? Oh, no, it's not. It is done, isn't it? I'm thinking of The Voice. I apologize. Okay, but like the the American I Idol, believe is, American like, Idol is, is, is finally fizzled. I think they had their last one. If I'm correct, I could be wrong. Shows how much I know. But I, I've twenty I've something not years. Not sure myself. <laughs> um, but pretty much 
your 2000, 2009, the, the most popular stuff is all in the pop department. Uh, your adult contemporary, which pretty much consists of like Alicia Keys, uh, Daughtry being probably the most rockish out of there. And then country has become huge in this as well. Your Carrie Underwood, Kenny Chesney, Pitt Hill, Tim McGraw. I mean, this is like the, the 2000 to the 2009s. We kind of see everything shift, I feel. You know what I mean? Because we've pushed a lot of the rock beforehand, and now it's just pushing that whole hip-hop and pop nonsense. I don't use that term lightly, but... Well, you know, the the articles that I wrote, like, hip-hop has been the, has been the number one seller. It actually just made its, uh, its uh, four decades now that it's been, it's, been a, it's been a top seller. So, I mean, that's going to be, you know, it is what it is. We, we, we knew when we started this that we're, we're in a niche genre when it comes to us rock types. Um, and with it, especially with the, I guess, with the streaming services and whatnot. I mean, that's all, which I find hard to believe that rap music is popular because of streaming services. Because how can you listen to a bland recording of something? But that's me. Different times, man. Different times. So on the, I mean, from the, from the, so you, the seventies, you got the psychedelic. Then you go to the hair. Then you got the grunge. And then you got the, and then pushing into that pop. The, the, the pop rock, new metal, and and whatnot. So, what I was kind of looking into, like when I, when I when I was thinking about this, is like the 2000s, the 2010s, like the actual identity of rock music that happened in like those decades. So, I started with the wiki, and there's a, there's a bunch of words. That, there's a bunch of words that I learned. So, music in the 2000s, right? So, one of the words that I learned. I, I mean, obviously, we just talked about this. New metal. Yeah. Um. Metalcore came about. We have pop punk. And then we have all the posts. We have post hardcore. We have post grunge. We have and then alternative rock was also was also listed as a as a uh, one of the most popular. Does it never have which, any pre? You know what's it's you, all after. You know you know what's actually funny about alternative rock and I was gonna throw that I want I wanted to wait not interrupt you. Alternative rock the style itself was supposed to be like a mixture of different different styles but it was supposed to kind of be off the grid like it was never thought that it was going to ever be popular so the whole basis of alternative rock was well we're going to put this together because it's kind of innovative it's a little bit different um as pop music styles it builds into distorted guitars and rooted in general like and their interests in such departures would be, by definition, unpopular. And what is it? It's popular. one of the most popular. Weird, so it? is that a failure on the artist part, or right. they, are they just trickling in? Is that why we we have all these stupid subgenres? Because you have these alternative. No, man. I'm like, oh, rock, dude. I'm not. I'm not. Post pre grunge goldfish metal. Like, so I had to look this crap up because I, I call me old school. I have heavy metal, hard rock, punk, and alternative. Like those were those were those, my and like my I mind. could I could put anything into any of those four, but apparently that's not the case anymore. And I got all these dipweeds that I would have these conversations with some Oh no man. No, it was like it's like all totally like post grunge. And like that's it. Like anything outside of post grunge, I won't. So I had to look this crap up. As an example, I just said post grunge. Post grunge is a form of hard rock 
that first flourished in the mid-1990s in response to the popularity of Seattle grunge bands like Nirvana and Pearl Jam earlier in the decade. Post-grunge songs tend to be mid-tempo numbers that combine the searching spirit of ballads and the power chord energy of hard rock anthems. Long story short, I still don't know what it is. Pretty much. So, I went a step further, and I actually went and found me some examples. <clears throat> Good. We need those. Post-grunge is considered Puddle of Mud, Crossfade, Stone Sour, Shine Down, Three Days Grace, Alter Bridge, Stained, Food Fighters, Breaking Benjamin was actually listed on this, and Cedar. Okay, so now that makes sense. It's like Alter Bridge. I mean, they, they take their roots from like, like the... Okay, so this is just not... It's just not grunge anymore. Now we're post-grunge. Like, grunge is gone. It's like the aftermath. You can't be like the original. It's so, essentially, so, it's what they've, they've taken from grunge. Like, we, we can't be... <laughs> we can't just be grunge anymore. That's gone. No more grunge. <laughs> Evolution, man. So then... Because <clears throat> the other thing, like I said, I had my I had my main four. Heavy metal, hard rock... Actually, I should say five. Heavy metal, hard rock, rock, yeah. punk, alternative. I could usually put anything sure. in like any of those five categories. But punk kind of died. But there's no more punk. Like Nobody calls himself a punk band anymore. Not necessarily, no. But like post-punk? So then I looked up pop punk. Uh, well, that's your Jimmy Eat World and your Green Day. Pop punk is a style of music that combines the fast-paced rock rhythms of punk and catchy hooks and melodies of pop. So it's it's. Yeah. Let me let me break that down for you. It's a little bitch music. For lack of a better term. If you, but also the emo movement is in that. Yeah, and, yeah, yeah, yeah. You know, I know there's a lot of people that think My Chemical Romance is like the greatest thing that ever came out, and I mean some of the stuff I listen. To, I mean Green Day is under there that Anthony just mentioned. Blink One Eight Two, Fallout Boy, which in the in the uh, the early 2000s you okay. you can you can get. Away from Fallout Boy. No, you could not. Still can't. Fortunately. I mean, I, I should actually say that was probably like if I'm probably doing my timeline wrong. That was probably like mid to late 2000s. Now in the 2010s, like is now Fallout Boy. Um, some 41, Yellow Card, and The Offspring are all actually listened li- listed under like the pop punk. So then, okay, so that's the poppy side of the punk. That's like the that's like skater music gone bitch. But not even skater music no, anymore. No, I mean, because... Offspring would technically be in that category as well, correct? Yeah, I mentioned them. Oh, did you? Okay, yeah. I missed it. All right, so then I had to go further, and um, I had to look up post-hardcore. Mm-hmm. More posts. So, so post-hardcore. So so punk isn't dead, guys. It just got divided into, like, <laughs> yeah, 400 versions. Um, it got stereotyped, essentially. Post-hardcore. It's punk rock music that maintains the aggression... An intensity of hardcore punk. So we can't call it hardcore anymore. No, we're just messing, mixing words here. But emphasizes a greater degree of creativity, expression, initially inspired by post-punk and noise rock. So what they did was they took hard rock and they said, we need people that are actually talented. We don't want you just up there being screamo and making noise. So this one I actually kind of like because we actually finally said, okay, enough's enough. We need some actual talent for me to buy your shit. Which I like that. I'm down with that. You have to think, early 2000s, man, the streaming services weren't there yet. No. You still had to buy shit. I, I paid many, many, many dollars. Many dollars. 
on iTunes and you know I, I use I, I, I was a fan of Napster I had tens of thousands <laughs> of tracks um, but <clears throat> you still had to actually like, buy shit so we finally said no I'm not gonna buy another Hatebreed album I have the first three that got me that has me covered we're good we need some more talent maybe like a, a few more like catches a few more hooks so yeah so punk was just like divided into like four different four different genres so all of this stuff is actually what shows up like when you look up the uh, music in the 2000s it, there's alternative there's post grunge there's new metal there's pop punk emo and post hardcore So I'm thinking about this. It's like, okay, well, how does that help create an identity? No, I'm actually gonna, I'm gonna slide in here. I have the ten 21st century music genres that most people haven't heard of. Oh boy! You ready for this nonsense? I can't wait. Number ten. Oh, I forgot metalcore, but that's okay. Metalcore is in there also. It is. Maybe one of my favorites. I'll go over that shortly. Okay. We got number ten, Black Midi. Which it tells me that to not to watch the video from Epileptic. Black MIDI, Epileptic. like M-I-D-I MIDI? Yes. Okay. It um, was revolutionized by the invention of the musical instrument digital interface, also known as MIDI. The new system streamlines the ability of electronic musical instruments and computers to talk to each other, making it possible to control notation, pitch, tempo, and countless other parameters at the push of a button. Today, you'd be hard-pressed to find artists who don't use MIDI in some way, as it becomes ubiqui- ubiquitous sorry, uh, with pop and electronic music. So the concept of MIDI uh, has reached new extremes with the development of this so-called Black MIDI. Uh, cram as many notes as humanly possible into a single composition, essentially. So it's... Isn't that what like, Steve down in Connecticut does? Yeah, essentially, creates yes. like a 300 instrument orchestra for like a 30 second clip. Uh, they've been known as blackers, evidently. Um, so essentially, it's you you take like your children about them, and you know your crazy gnarly crazy guitar work, and you just put it in a computer. Okay, that's essentially what you have. Um, so let's see. According to the Black MIDI leaderboards, which is a thing, the current record holder is Genghis, who managed to fit over one trillion notes into his song, Armageddon version two. So yeah. Play it yes. live or it's fake. Next. It's always been my thing. Play Ka- it live or it's fake. Kawaii metal. <laughs> which I'm sure I've heard of them. I know you have as well, but the band Baby Metal. Okay. You know, you've heard them. If you haven't, you should look them up. Fucking they're, a, they're adorable. Fucking interesting. <laughs> they're adorable. But it's... I just want to pitch them. The thing is... <laughs> the thing is, is that it's... There's multiple of this. There's like Ladybug. There's, there's a bunch of different bands that do the same kind of idea. With you have the crazy, heavy metal music in the back. And then you have three tiny, itsy-bitsy... Um, maybe Asian, maybe Japanese... Schoolgirls up front. Sorry, sorry, I don't mean to make fun of thank anybody. Thank you for the, the visual and the audio there. That was needed. But I mean, essentially, that's, that's exactly what it is. They laugh. That little chuckle. <laughs> um, Koba metal, evidently, is another 
form of the J-pop, essentially. So it's essentially it's J-pop with metal. Uh-huh. Mm-hmm. Um, but ever since Baby Metal, they've become so popular because it's so different because you have two genres that are totally opposite ends of the spectrum. It's so fucking goofy, it's good. It's super goofy. <laughs> it's super goofy. <laughs> it's so goofy, it's good. Uh, next in line, we have number eight. It's called Lowercase. So, although the phrase less is more was coined in 1855 by poet, or I'm sorry, poet, poet, Jesus, I haven't even started drinking really, Uh, poet Robert Browning um, didn't really enter till the 1960s. So, decades later, uh, musicians have taken the expression to heart, focusing on playing only a few notes to create an ambiotic rather than on more traditional music elements like rhythm and melody. Um, every day we're bombarded by so much noise, cars, airplanes, appliances, and construction. But the subtle forms of noise go unnoticed. So this lowercase is a subgenre of minimalist electronica. Elaborates on this idea using the disregarded microsounds and even silence to make something completely different than the type of music we're used to hearing. Um, I wonder see. if I'm too hard on electronic music. Maybe there's more of a craft to it than, uh-huh. than what I give it credit for. Like, yeah, like you know, possible. you have to you have to pick up a guitar and learn how to learn how to work it. I mean, you still have to be able to learn how to mm-hmm. do this stuff. So, I mean, maybe I'm, maybe I'm just like too hard on the fact that everything is turning into laptop keys. Yeah, I mean, it's it's. I think it's the convenience, honestly. Yeah. Because you can write an entire composition from your laptop with. Plugins. I'm gonna disagree with that because I'm gonna say I can't. But maybe it's because I don't have the patience for it. That's a possibility as well. Just give me my guitar. I'll just play this. <laughs> Let's see. So next we have Sea Punk. Like Ocean Sea. Mm-hmm. S E A. So. No. Okay. <laughs> Let's see. This was originally called a web joke with music. By the New York Times, C-Punk was created by a group of online musicians who shared nostalgia for the culture of the 90s. The genre band blends bouncy electronic music with the hypnotic sounds of ocean-themed video games, like Echo the Dolphin or the water levels in Donkey Kong. Oh, I was only kidding. It really is C-Punk, like sea, like ocean and sea. And syn- synthesized tropical instruments like marambas and steel drums. That doesn't make any sense at all. Like, what does that have to do with the punk, the, uh, punk music of the 90s? So the 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 band is called Boys of Paradise and Unicorn Kid is a song. That would be an example of said sea punk. Um, I mean, not just confined to the music, sea punk also spawned a widely popular design trend, which used aquatic imagery as well as every hue of turquoise every hue of turquoise imaginable. So yeah, I guess we can just do what we want to. Number six, I'm a fan of this one. Wizard Rock. <laughs> um. Uh huh. Yep. So the the band, if you want to know what this Wizard Rock is, they're called Harry and the Potters, and the song is called. The hell Sa- they get away with that? The, the song sued. is called Save Ginny Weasley. So, the nineteen. 19- uh, the 90s, J.K. Rowling, um, which the creative Harry Potter. Um, let's see. Wizard Rock, sometimes known as W-R-O-K, Rock, 
appeared in the US around 2002. So it's been around for quite a while. The genre has since grown internationally and they have a yearly festival um, or they, um, they're inspiring Rockstock, which is a yearly festival of wizard rock bands. Um, so it draws heavily on themes of the Harry Potter universe, essentially. So that's kind of like a theme-related. Uh, so they, they write songs on the specific characters. They will often done costumes to add a deeper level of immersion to the performances. Um, example, and um, I noticed this as well, Led Zeppelin um, has a lot of uh, Middle Earth references in their songs. So it's not like it hasn't been done before, but these guys are kind of... So notable artists, Harry and the Potters, Draco and the Malfoys, and the Parcel Mouths. The whole can of worms, man, I tell you. <laughs> Okay, I gotta get some more interesting ones. So, number five, we have Witch House. So, obviously musicians have long been associated with the occult. Um, ancient times, we had the shamans would perform incantations to summon spirits. In the 90s, Norwegian black metal bands burned churches and murdered their own band members, which is just fantastic. <laughs> you know, it's just what you do. So, evidently, it's a mixing of uh, the hazy atmosphere of the 80s, goth bands like the Katow Twins and The Cure with more conventional hip-hop and electronic dance music, which, uh, sorry, Witch House, was originated by Massachusetts-based uh, Salem in the 2010 album King Knight. So the, the, so the band is called Salem and the song is called King Knight. That would be your, your look for. Um, like C-Punk, uh, this genre implements a visual aesthetic that draws heavily from the 90s pop culture. Um, most notably, the Blair Witch Project, Twin Peaks, and Charmed. Pretty much the, it, all the elements of the genre references the witchcraft, horror-inspired um, album art. So, I mean, these are probably, a lot of these bands we've probably heard of. It's just a genre that's associated with it. They're just, they're just horror-based with a little bit of popness in it. It's, it's kind of weird. Um, it's also seen as a reaction to Chill Wave. What that means. But, uh, yeah, so you got Salem, you got Crystal Castles, and, um, no. I'm gonna say this, and then I'm gonna spell it. It is said as, ooh, it is spelled as lowercase o, uppercase o. Lowercase o, uppercase o, and then one more uppercase o. So those are your bands uh, in the witch house department. Next, and my most favorite, Nintendo Core. <laughs> oh lord. So, some bands to mention Horse the Band, The Advantage, and Mini Bosses. Uh, Nintendo Core fuses two unlikely allies, the 8-bit sounds of video game music, pioneered by Kondo, with the aggressiveness of hardcore punk and metal. Uh, we have uh, a group we're going to try to reach out again to, um, known as Lame Genie. They do a similar idea of this. We'd like to maybe talk with them. Maybe they can give us some background on their uh, idea and how everything's done. 
So, uh, <laughs> Autoclave was the first band to cover a video game song. Uh, the last of the self-titled album is the theme from Paperboy. Um, Mr. Bungle actually used sounds from uh, Super Mario Brothers as well. Which, if Jay was here, I'm sure he would agree with that. Uh, let's see, the first Nintendo Core album was released in 2001 by Horse the Band. The conjunction between the album's heavy guitar riffs and keyboards used to replicate 8-bit Nintendo sounds caught the attention of audiences everywhere. And the band seemed uh, seen modest success in its uh, nearly two decades of existence. Um, so essentially, the term Nintendo Core was coined by the group's frontman to describe the album. Although he originally used it as a joke, as it's eventually just picked up. I get behind this. <laughs> Number three. This might be my favorite. Pirate Metal. Now, unfortunately, the the, the option they give me here is Swashbuckle, uh, called Cruise Ship Terror, which honestly is a decent song. Unfortunately, Swashbuckle is an American band, so they don't, they don't know shit about pirates. Um, I prefer Ailstorm, if I'm going to pick my pirate poison, because um, they're actually, like, from not America and they know a little more what's going on and they're just great but I'm sure if I don't need to tell you much about pirate metal but you got your, your pirate sounds in the back the accordion and your pirate theme and sometimes they're dressed as it um, usually drink copious amounts of alcohol but um, if you haven't heard Elstorm you need to learn Elstorm you need to know Elstorm um, bands, notice, uh, notable artists here, Ailstorm, obviously, Swashbuckle, like I said before, Running Wild, and Legacy. And I got two more here. <laughs> I, it's getting crazy. Was, I'm reading the bio for Ailstorm. <laughs> great, isn't it? A vast ye land lovers. <laughs> the deepest, darkest depths of the Caribbean comes Ailstorm, a drunken band of pirates on an epic quest to drink your beer, steal your rum, and be the greatest damn band that ever did sail the seven seas. From humble beginnings playing shows to farm animals in a field somewhere in eastern Scotland. That's what's called, that's what from. <laughs> Hailstorm have evolved an international party machine hell-bent on conquering album charts and festival stages throughout the world with their infectious brand of pirate metal and their dashing good looks. Yar, yar. Our last two here, Vaporwave. I can only imagine. Characterized by its heavy sampling of smooth jazz and lounge music from the 70s, as well as pitched vocal samples and hazy electronic synths. So a lot of electronic nonsense in this, evidently. Uh, the genre was formed almost by pure coincidence by Daniel Lopatin and James Ferrero, experimental musicians who released albums at around the same time that sounded eerily similar. Um, let's see, Vaporwave incorporates its own visual aesthetic to fit the music. A prominent imagery includes web design from the 90s, think Angel Fire and the Neo sites, outdated 3D visuals, uh, the use of Japanese characters and artist names and song titles, glitch art, and no apparent reason, the ancient Romans and Greek sculpture. Um, notable artists, Macintosh Plus, St. Pepsi, James Ferrero, and Chuck Parson. Lastly, Harsh Noise Wall. Uh-huh. So, 
as opposed to uh to put it simply harshnoir's wall is a huge middle finger to everything we know about what makes music pleasurable the genre is totally devoid of elements that we normally associate with music like melody or structured rhythm it is perhaps the quote-unquote most extreme type of music so every time i die listen under under this by a chance uh your bands are <laughs> vomir the rita werewolf jerusalem um at Everyone. times unsettling unsettling the listener by creating an unrelenting wall of noise devoid of dynamics or progression it's unrelenting i'm telling you this is every time i die and dissonant at times it can cause pain or increase adrenaline response listener discretion is advised so if you want to hear loud noises the Steve Carell and like Anchorman. Loud noises! <laughs> exactly. <it's>... Ah! <laughs> exactly. <laughs> oh man, the, a... the subgenres, dude. Okay. Killing me. Silly. <sighs> so we have all those like crazy subgenres that are coming out of the 2000s. And then what, what I'm actually going to call is the, uh, the maybe the obsession to try to create the next subgenre it's like you can't you can't just you can't just write music now you have to like recreate you your own to make your own your your own version of something so that's why they that have way you you can be the pioneer to make your own reusable bag when you go to the grocery store you can't just use theirs because they get mad at you which funny thought on that so checked out a lot of bands today yes we did read a lot of bios today um Seems like the 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 new the new underground trend is we're trying to do something unlike anybody else has ever done before. So it's like, well, we're trying to going we're kind of going in this direction. We're influenced by this, but we're our own sound. We're not copying anybody, guys. It's not copying. It's like I'm in a band. I didn't recreate a genre. Music in my mind isn't copying unless you're playing the same song. So that's that's how music evolves because you have your influences you have what sounds good to you from what you know yeah i haven't figured out like where where our music actually falls in all of this right. but i can tell you we're, we're, well this is why i give bryce a lot of credit from the guys at uh hotel graffiti that we spoke with because like bryce was saying he doesn't listen to music hmm. interesting he just plays what he plays so he doesn't have an influence Yeah, I truly admit. So there, there are two other there, there are two other genres that came out starting in the 2010s that I'll bring up, and um, they're they're the ones in the uh, the the rock side of the charts is what's considered to be the up and coming, and that's the um the progressive and experimental rock, which I feel like. So Anthony just gave us a really long list of all these funny little subgenres and whatnot. Can't that all fall under maybe an experimental rock genre? Do we? Re- just saying, just saying. Everybody wants to be different. Like everybody gets a trophy. But the um the the bands that are uh, the, the bands of note that they were talking about, like the progressive, and uh, um, I'm actually a pretty big fan of uh, these guys. Nothing more. Yep. Was uh w- was brought up as uh being uh, an example. Uh, highly sus highly suspect. Which they're okay. I've heard I've heard some of them. Uh, this band I always thought was kind of weird. Twelve foot ninja. I love it. 
mean, if it's you're a big ass ninja, mind you. Huge, huge. It's not not good at doing its job. And then there are uh, two uh, two other bands I've mentioned: uh, Dead Letter Circus and uh, Marmo Marmozets Marmozets. I don't know how to pr- properly pronounce that. But um, th- those have been like the the genres, along with like the uh, the, the the new metal and the the, the metalcore and, and whatnot. So as far as identifying the identity of these last two decades, it's it's still tough. I mean, going going over all of all of this. I mean, if I if I had to like actually point out, I would say that I would say the new metal and the metalcore. Is what's going to define the the 2000s and probably most of the 2010s. The bands that are actually listed under metalcore, just to, just to throw it out there, because I actually forgot. I've, Atreyu, right? Uh, Atreyu, I do believe would be, but um, <clears throat> as I lay dying, kill switch, engage, trivium, bullet for my Valentine. It's the ones we have the the screaming and the clean. All that remains. August Burns Red is actually considered metalcore, apparently. Really? Avenged Sevenfold, Parkway Drive, Lamb of God, Asking Alexandria. Which I thought that one was kind of weird too, in that grouping. But mm. you know, depending on like what list you look at, some of these are over three or four different genres. And so, my opinion on the genre thing is, I think it has a lot to do with the person, because one person listens to one band differently than other people do. You know what I mean? Does it make sense? Yeah. Like I feel like you're just kind of like, oh, well, that's obviously blah. When other someone else is like, no, 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 no. It's, it's obviously, you know, B as opposed to A. I think it just depends on the person. So they're gonna have to come up with a uh, like a like a one-word answer to like all of this. Like you have to take all these variations. Like the thing that I and I kind of touched on this before is like all these post genres and like whatnot. Like especially like what the, comes uh, after post? It's uh, <laughs> who knows, dude? Stamps. I don't know. Like, especially, like, the post-hardcore. It's like, listen, we're, we're not going to settle for hardcore anymore. We actually want talent. We want riffs. We want we want hooks kind of a thing. And I, I actually think that's true for a lot of this stuff. I mean, you, you get, people can say what they want about, like, the new metal that's out there. Bands um, like the Corns, the Slipknots, the System of a Downs, the Deftones. There's a lot of, there's a lot of layers. There's a lot of, there's a, I mean, the this, this stuff is good. Disturbed. I actually saw it listed under new metal, which I thought that was, I don't know, maybe, kind of, sort of, I guess. I mean, I, I even want to bring up, um, we have a little uh, revival action of, uh, and I bring up the Vatic- Vatic Grand Fleet being, it's like, there's a lot of, of music that's played in the style of the 70s, like Led Zeppelin, like Black Sabbath. Like Deep Purple, yeah, you, know, you know what I mean. If that's where this is going in 2020, I'm out. I'm gonna sidebar this real quickly. I read <laughs> an article. I don't remember where it is, so I can't give any actual um, what's the word? credit. Credit. There we go. Um, Veta Van Fleet actually posted a thing saying that people need to stop relating them to Led Zeppelin. Well, maybe they should stop sounding like fucking Led Zeppelin. I actually like the ar- the article or the interview that I heard from the guys in Led Zeppelin that are sick about hearing about Green Van Fleet. Like, if you don't want somebody... They sound exactly fucking like it, people. I've, uh, I've actually mentioned this before. Somebody explained this to me. Why are they so great? That's so weird. They look fucking weird. They sound exactly like Zeppelin. What the F is so freaking great about it? Strange, really. Tell my ass, like, freaking 
copycat Jamotes, yo. That's all, that's all I fucking see. But, but I mean, I mean, continuing with like I said with the revival thing. I mean, you have bands like Wolfmother, you have bands like The Sword, which stuff like that. Which, I mean, they have they 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 follow that '70s sound. You know what I mean? So I mean, who knows? I mean, it's it's always gonna repeat, unfortunately, in some way, shape, or form. You know what I mean? That's history for you in general. <laughs> Makes me wonder if like 20, 30 years from now we're gonna see like reunion tours of. Mudvayne. You know what I mean? And it makes it kind of freaks you <laughs> out. Because you can't you can't let go of the past. <laughs> like kind of a thing. It's weird. It's or weird Rolling Stone will still be the Rolling Stones will still be playing in like twenty thirty. He'll just have a microphone strapped to It'll be like just his head. And a jar like in Futurama. <laughs> like <laughs> like Ted Williams style. <laughs> yeah, exactly. <laughs> just floating around. <laughs> Some holographic hips. Shaking, I'm sure there's there'll be holographic something. No, no, you no. know what? That's exactly what's uh, gonna, gonna happen. Gonna it's gonna future. be all the fucking old timers. Um, it's gonna be a Zeppelin reunion. It's gonna be Ozzy. It's gonna be AC/DC. All fucking holographs, and the rest of us actually playing instruments still are gonna be like, "What the fuck?" Now, what are your thoughts on this hologram thing? Would you go <sighs> to a show? Would you go to a reunion show if it was all holograms? If it was all no. What I, you know, the stuff that like I've like I've heard done and seen done I in the past got, is like when they when they do like Tupac? when they do like a tribute. Like, they'll play, like, one song, and they have them, like, show up for, like, the one... Do, like, the one tribute... Like, not even maybe, like, a full tune. Like, sure. maybe just, like, a like a like an intro to a tune, an outro to a tune, like, something just to make it look neat for the yeah. for the people. And then, you know, put some info, like, some, you know, like, some tribute-type, like, yeah. info, like, behind have it. A bunch of that would be cool, but to, the, the parts. to watch, essentially, five cartoons... I mean... I mean, honestly, it's the same as if you you watch like a live video for you know a DVD. Yeah. Because they're not there. Yeah. So pay a bunch of money to sit three thousand feet away from it. I don't, I don't know how I feel about that. Like that. I don't know. I mean, <laughs> it's, uh, it's, it's gonna happen. Yeah, I, I mean, yeah. now, now that you brought it up, like mind blowing. Like that's that's probably exactly there what are we're. Two, there were two. I mean, we have the technology. There are there are two holograms that have been confirmed and seen and made. We have the Tupac, which is a hologram, which is completely ready to go. And you have a giant duck in Japan. <laughs> giant hologram duck. That's, I mean, that's all we got right now, but it's at least something. Yeah, I don't know. I mean, that was, if we're fortunate enough to still be talking about this like 10 years from now, we're probably going to be talking about the first tour where like the headliner is going to be like a holographic like something mm -hmm, mm -hmm. it's true it's, so, I mean, it's scary but it's true that's the thing you're playing a CD at that point too because it's not like there's you're not gonna exactly. get any clever licks off of some or like some dude in like a freaking Muppet outfit and that makes you you figure out like how is the, the audience interaction gonna be can they do that you know what I mean like you can't just like bring someone up there and just you know even, like I, like, even like I joked before, like Homeboy will be at like his his own home, right? And like holographed out there, so that like it's still him, but he's not if it, I, actually there. I don't know. I don't know how I feel about that. I'll be saving a lot of money on live concerts. I mean, maybe go to one. Just to, it's like, oh, okay, yeah, that was kind of cool, I guess. Ish. 
ish. What happens if I throw something at them? Does it just go zoom? <laughs> Probably. Do they pick it up and throw it back? Yeah, exactly. I mean, does like some robot come after me? I'm like, oh fuck. <laughs> This is the robot uprising. Yeah, no, <laughs> Shit, this, this is going to be... This is fucking... Was it See, I, that's Cyber what's going to happen. This is going to be like the robot uprising. We're all going to be like mesmerized by like all these shiny concerts. Mm-hmm. It's like, oh, you thought this band was dead. Look at them. They're alive. There they are. And, you know, like we're... All of our credit history and fucking shit. It's all getting microwaves like... Microwaves eating my dog or something at that point. Yeah, like that's, that's how they get us. Transformers. Fucking Decepticons. They seized all of my... Uh, all of my dozens of dollars out of my bank account. While I'm watching these pretty uh, shiny lights, but what was that movie? Um, the Stephen King one, Maximum Overdrive. <laughs> Which side note, the entire album, the entire um, soundtrack, ACDC. So you know, money, 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 money. Mm-hmm. So, conclusion, inconclusive. <laughs> Clearly. We have so much crap going on that we actually have no identity. <coughs> None of us know what we're doing anymore. Right. And unfortunately, because I'm looking at the clock here, I have to say it's going to remain inconclusive. Send us an email. Tell us what you think. Yeah. Figure out what your thoughts are. Send us your hate mail about all the music that's come out. Because I know there's hate mail out there because I see all of you bastards' nasty little comments on everything. Actually, no, more importantly, send me pictures of your puppy. I like puppies. Mm-hmm. If you have a puppy, we would love to see. I would love to see puppies. <clears throat> puppy with the rock horns, yeah. man. That'd be yeah. great. We'll have like a whole. But like, don't block pa- the puppy. Put it off to the we'll side. We'll do like a whole page dedicated to puppy pictures. With rock horns, <clears throat> off to the side, not in front of the puppy. No, no, no. Don't be a dick and don't, rock horn your puppy. No, no, no rock horn your puppy. <laughs> All right, let me. Alright, what are we thinking? Is it a good beer day or is it a bad beer day? Always a good beer day. Never a day that's not good for beer. Unless it's unless it's Dragon's Milk, then that's a different. Alright, so la- last episode. Last episode, I actually kind of remember <clears throat> this was uh, was historic. I gave a perfect rating to a beer. You did. I was very excited about that beer. Don't ask me what it was called. <laughs> it's from Two Roads. I know that. It was I the IPA, to... right? Yes, <clears throat> it was the uh, honey. Honey something. Sure. Honey Road, honey. Something it's like that. Sitting in my basement still on us, and the cans are still there. So. Okay, that can't be possible because there was only four, and I drank them all. No, like the actual empty can. Like the oh, two, yeah, the two yeah, just, yeah, yeah, just yeah, I hanging out there. So I was actually, um, speaking of cans. These, nice speaking, cans. Speaking of these big cans. Nice cans, sir. So from Chicago, Illinois, uh, Illinois, Illinois. That's how it's spelled. <laughs> from Chicago, I, I figured I'll do a little Chicago tribute today because, like, for those of you that like hear this like weeks from now, like this day in Chicago right now, the uh, that high temperature was like negative twenty-two. Oh God, it's fucking brutal. With the wind chill of negative fifty-one, like yeah. the, the hell just froze over. Like birds like, are literally be because. Mid-air. Like, <laughs> I, I like the I like the water challenge that they're showing on. Like you bring a pan of water, you throw it in midair, and it freezes instantly. Yeah, instantly. That's awesome. Yeah, real it, awesome. It almost felt like that here. <clears throat> almost. I mean, we were cold. We were in the negative four, I think, this morning when I went to work. But so the, this is from uh, Chicago. These guys are the shit. I just had it. Lost it. Oh, there it is. Pipeworks Brewing Company. Now I'm not gonna lie. The can 
is what got me. Because the artwork on this can, can. Oh, it, it goes like all the way around. This is like an awesome tattoo. Like, can you can you imagine like that? Like right there, like a whole sleeve. Like a giant goldfish on your arm. Yeah, it's like what's it? It's like that's like a koi fish. Yeah. Kind of a thing, but it's like a koi fish wrapped in a snake, or turned into. Oh no, that's an octopus. That's an octopus. Back, dude. I'm telling you, this is like my. I'll get this drawn up like black and gray. This could be like my sleeve. You should draw the can around it too. Yeah. It'll be a picture of the can. <laughs> <laughs> Oddly photoshopped. All right, so Pipeworks Brewing Company. This is actually called the Blood Orange Guppy. This is a session IPA with blood orange and honey. You you don't pick up the honey. It's not overly sweet, but it's not overly hoppy like some IPAs are. It's actually a really nice session. It drinks lovely, like super duper lovely. I used to be afraid of blood oranges. Not going to lie. Is it because it's got the word blood in it? And they look gnarly. I mean, but they're just, they're just red as shit. So, but I, I think like flavor-wise, like I, I think I think they're they're pretty up there. Oh yeah, they're, they're they're good. I dig this beer. Hey, I'm not. It's not perfect, unfortunately. I'm hey. not gonna give it a perfect. It's not gonna be a six, but I'm gonna give it a five. The uh, the, yeah, the blood orange. Wow. The blood two, orange. Two guppy. good ones in a row, huh? Dude, I'm digging beer <clears throat> lately. I just yeah, love beer. Are. I just I just love beer. I just wanna swim around. In a pool of beer. You're so sticky. <laughs> People say that. Like, I'd love to be a... No, you don't, because it'd be fucking gross after, like, eight minutes. It's actually true. I, I hate being sticky. <laughs> There's nothing worse in the world than being sticky. The like, worst we, thing is fucking tree sap. When you bring your goddamn Christmas tree in, and, like, it doesn't come off. You wash your hand, like, nine times, and you get the fucking brush, and, like, just still sticky. Yeah, you try to wipe it with a towel, and the threads yeah. just come off the yeah. towel, and they like, stick to your hand. What and, is and, the... Like, uh, the uh, uh, Christmas vacation. <laughs> We're just doing the, new, <laughs> the magazine. Just <laughs> <laughs> fucking, fucking ripping them off. I'd say being like anywhere in public, you just like run your hand over like a rail or something. All of a sudden, you're like, what the fuck was that? No, <laughs> no I'm sticky. <laughs> oh, what is? No, why? <laughs> what are you? Where did you come from? This shouldn't be this way. I need to go to the restroom immediately. <laughs> to the emergency room at that point. Who knows what it is? Take it off. Take it <laughs> off. I don't want it anymore. Your legs need to be amputated at that point. Like, I'll learn to be left-handed. Just take it off. So yeah, nice job, Pipeworks. Hopefully you're not frozen. <laughs> you're, that's how they burst. That's how the Pipeworks burst. <laughs> Surprised I haven't had that problem yet in this basement. Jesus Christ, it's been right. like, it goes like from 50 degrees or negative 10. It's like, what? what is wrong with this part of the world? I don't understand. So that's the good news today. I think we had some mixed reactions over across the table today. I'm just going to fill in while he Instagrams. Like you, like you can read my mind. Well, what else would you be scary doing? Scary show. Taxes. Paying my mortgage. Like if you're texting Rachel right now, that'd be kind of bitchy. Nah, she's probably sleeping. No, she's watching Grey's Anatomy. She's, she's occupied. Until like 11.30, mind you. <laughs> oh, God. Uh, so I, I actually stayed in the uh, the citrusy route. Um, we got the uh, Shoe of Clowns here from Clown Shoes Brewery. Now, um, I find it interesting that they're, they have their mission statement at the top of their beer can. To produce beer without pretension... While being free and a little crazy. 
I have the Clementine White Ale. Uh, it's brewed with spices and natural flavor, which natural means anything. Is it brewed with pine cones, lava, bare feet? I don't fucking know. I don't know what natural flavors are. Um, 6%. <clears throat> For being a citrus beer, I, I honestly expected better because I, I, I'm, I'm a decent fan of the citrus beer. Uh, the white ales I, I like as well. Um, it's okay. It's not great by any means. It's, it's tart. I mean, I suppose that's what, I, what should I expect. Um, I would have to give it, roughly, hmm, I'd give it a, hmm, 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 a three or four. What do I want? Ooh. Okay, let's have, hmm. See, two, three, I, I call drinkable. Four is like, okay, this is on my, my like list. That's where I would go with I'd that. give it a three. I probably wouldn't get it again. Give it a seven. Fuck this beer. I'm fucking seven. <laughs> Never drinking you again. Seven went to heaven. This tastes like shoes. Other beer tastes like shoes. Clutch shoes got some some great stuff, man. They I do. Can, they I, they I have a it. decent. I can't get over their mango. Their, their mango there. one's really good. The mango beer is awesome. I remember when we first had that at that beer mm -hmm. fest we yeah. went to. Because we don't drink beer all the time. I mean, come on, yeah. guys, calm down. But only, hey, only on days that end with why. That being said, taking a. Giving you guys enough of our life, chatting you up. Again, shoot us some email, give us some thoughts. We have some interesting episodes possibly coming up, so stay tuned. Nuh uh. Stupid. <laughs> uh, like, share, re listen, repeat. Um, be sure to check out the, uh, the, the webpage, HMOA6PACK.PODOMATIC.NET. HMOA6PACK.PODOMATIC that's the uh, that's the website. Good um, work for Britannica. You can check out the about us section. There's a contact uh, there's a contact bar over there. We can uh, get emails hmoa six p a c k at gmail.com. We are found on all kinds of platforms: the Spotify, the iTunes, the Stitcher, the TuneIn, the uh, Google Play, iHeart. Probably forgetting some. Sorry, Spotify. Did I say Spotify? Whatever. Not. We're on there. Just. Dude, Google search or find us. Ask yeah. Alexa, Alexa. Alexa. Yeah, that's play true. heavy metal over Alexa a six pack. Does does know of our presence? Podcast and uh, she'll yeah. she'll uh, she'll hook you up. So in better terms, the government knows our existence. I didn't get any tax forms this year, so we're fine. <laughs> Not yet. I don't know what they would tax. I paid you. <laughs> right. Paying you people to uh -huh. do this. Uh huh. Um, I don't have any other exciting news to tell you at this point. So I mean, th thanks for hanging in. Uh, stay tuned for um, if you haven't done so I mean please go check us out on Facebook because like as we mentioned earlier today I mean the social media presence is a, is a big deal and oh, yeah. you know that's important to some people so give us a follow on the Instagram and a, a like on the Facebook you can follow us on Twitter but I'm not gonna lie I forget about Twitter the Instagram I try to keep up with it Insta Instagram and Facebook are probably the best way to find us on the on the socials but um, go give us a follow give us a review if, uh, if you have some spare time uh, bands submit some music. Uh, we'll we'll take your electronic press kits. Yep. Uh, at the email address, and uh, we'll take a look at them. We can uh, we can talk about what we can do with it. And uh, yeah, stay warm. I'm out. Peace. Goodbye. That is the end of this episode. Another fun-filled day in the world of heavy metal over a six-pack. 
This is Anthony, Marcus, and Jay signing off. See you next time.